seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Welcome, friends, to episode 151 of Color of Magic, your magic and gaming podcast where we talk about all types of things that affect gamers at and away from the gaming tables and computers. I am your host, Daquan Watson, and as always, for 151 episodes, still down there making his way, doing his thing, Brian Allen, how's it going? You read the says I'm making my way, the Duke's of Hazzard is the only way I know how. Yes. <laughs> Just a little it's, bit it's, more than the law. It's that or the uh what was that song from from White Chicks that uh what's his name was singing in the car? Oh god, making my way. I can't think of the I started saying making my way that town. That's the name of the yeah, song. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, th- that's is it a lyric. thousand miles? Yeah, I think that's the song. Speaking of which, I don't know if you watched that uh I think it's a celebrity it's not celebrity karaoke. I'm so bad with everybody's named everything's named today. But you know that Jimmy Fallon show where celebrity basically a celebrity karaoke, but I can't think of what Jimmy Fallon actually calls it. They had Terry Crews on there, and it was so set up because the machine, making it's supposed to be random, the machine magically picked a thousand miles for the final song. Everybody knows Terry Crews knows all the words of that song because of white chicks. Oh, of course. Like that that thing's never random. We You're all know right. that. It's just for the for the gimmick. But, you know, for as much as people want to dog Jimmy Fallon, like, he's a good example of, like, knowing who you are. Exactly. Right? Like, he plays to his strengths. He knows he's quirky and awkward. He he can't help but laugh at himself and stupid things. So he just, like, plays into it and just lets it be as endearing as it can be. And you either like him or you don't. And the dude's making whatever it is, $30 million a year or whatever to be on that dang show. Right. He's like Steve Harvey. He's got 15 shows at this point. Yeah, that's true. He does do any, he, he hosts a lot of things, you know, but, it, but he hasn't gotten a pageant winner wrong yet. So he's, he's got that going for him, which by the way, man, I think of all the stuff Steve Harvey's done. You have to know that has got to be one of the hardest. Like you, you had some, you told somebody the thing they have been working on for probably years at that point, like, a lifetime achievement award effectively that they just won it. And like less than two minutes later, you have to go and like, Oh, my bad. <laughs> Although like, in fairness to him, more people watch the footage, you know, the next day of that pageant than have ever. Cause I couldn't tell oh, you sure. who won Miss universe the year before. I can't tell you who won it the three or four years afterwards. But for at least two weeks that year, I can tell you who the winner was and who the runner up was because of how much stuff happened. Oh, I agree. And and that's the messed up part. Like, they were both everywhere for a good, easily by two weeks. I just like, man, I have to imagine, like he probably went, told his people like, man, can we send her like a care package? Let's let's send her a vacation thing. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and again, and that's what he still had his his daytime talk show. And he brought the runner up on his daytime yeah. talk show so he could officially, you know, he had already apologized by that point 5,000 times when you want to, you know, on his show in front of everybody that watches his show, which made people that apologize for that. Yeah, but you have to know that that's, man. I've made much smaller mistakes and felt bad. I couldn't imagine like telling somebody they just achieved their lifetime goal and they hadn't. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like that. Ooh, having to be the guy that has to backtrack that just like, Oh, that has to hurt. 
I mean, I've had I've had stuff in the newspaper that maybe if I'm lucky, four or five thousand people read and felt bad about that. So yeah, to be do something that that millions of people saw, and you know it's bad because if you go back and rewatch that, like you can tell they told him in his ear. Yeah, and you see it on his face where he's like, like oh, "Oh god, crap. yeah, exactly." Like you you just see the like fear and dread of like, how do I fix this? You know, what I mean? like. The same look that uh, Michael Myers had with and Michael Mike Myers. I'm so bad with people's names today, but Mike Myers had when Kanye goes off and he's George Bush doesn't care about black people. Mike Myers yeah. is like, oh, we're Dude, gonna, we need to rehearse that. I saw that live when it happened. Yeah, and I remember going like, oh no, like I mean, right. just like. Even if you think he's right, I mean, I felt so bad for Mike Myers. I'm yeah, like, that's the Dude. thing. Like, I didn't, didn't disagree with Kanye at all, but as somebody, you know, that is, again, much smaller, much smaller locale, but I mean, I've been in shows where somebody starts freelancing or just improv something that we didn't do, you know, in, in when we rehearsed and how much it throws everybody off again at the community theater level. So for a whole, Kanye derailed the whole telethon. And then credit. Credit to Mike Myers because he was trying to read the teleprompter, mm-hmm. get it back on track, yeah. like get get it cut to the next group or whatever. It's like he tried his damnedest, like so you know, professional. Kanye dropped a hand grenade, and then Mike was left to pick up the pieces. Yep, that was news for a while too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, before we get into the rest of the show, we have a pretty good mix of things to cover this week. So I think y'all are going to enjoy this one. But first, we need to tell you about. Our show partners over at Cardsphere.com. Go check them out. Go buy some Magic Cards. Literally a site where you can name your price to buy and to sell your cards on that site. And they're actually really good about dealing with people, any disputes that have been dealt with. They've handled them very smoothly. They have an active Discord if you ever want to get, like, condition grades checked because you're not sure. Like, it's a really good site. You should go check it out. It's Cardsphere.com. And then if you want to support the show directly you can go over to patreon.com slash color magic and you could be a wonderful patron just like malek or it might actually be malek the way it's spelled but either way you know who you are thank you for coming on board and then if you want to go to color of slash shop you can get some tokens and play mats and you can support the show out at your local store your next major event whatever just uh show us some love and rep the gear and I'm about to start talking to artists, so maybe we can get some new tokens done that are maybe artifacty. Trying to guess what's going to be in the Brothers War, and see if we can do some cool stuff with that. Artifacty. That's a very yeah. I don't know what the official term is. Like like artifact. I don't know what that would be. Artifact. Artifact. I have no idea either, and I've already Artifist. messed up the names of <laughs> yeah. fifty two things today. So yeah, I don't know what the best way is to go about that, but I do know. We have some stuff to talk about in the soapbox. All right, this 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 one's kind of tough. This feels like a general, like, let's be good humans type thing. Because I feel like I've seen a lot of things recently where somebody does so many things well or something great, or even like your favorite creator puts out a bunch of good pieces of content, whatever. And then someone will get attacked for saying like one thing wrong. And I don't mean like anything, like you get one thing out of place or you forget to do a thing or maybe something's out of focus or whatever. And people just want to dogpile them. And I'm like, y'all, really? Like, 
Hell, I saw a video the other day. Actually, actually, this morning, honestly, I just got in the shower. It was a it was a a reel, I believe, on Facebook or maybe Instagram. One, they own both of them, but it was one of the services. But a dude did this dunk where there's there's a guy, and then there's another guy on that guy's shoulders, and then the guy on top has the ball over over his head, and then this dude runs, jumps, grabs the ball off the top dude, does a three hundred and sixty, literally hits his head on the rim and dunks the ball. And people are like, ah, but yeah, he pushed off or the dude on top was actually leaning over a little bit or whatever. I'm like, what's wrong with y'all? <laughs> like this dude dunked over two whole ass humans, did a 360. The dude jumped so high, he hit his head on the rim. And y'all are like, yeah, but that dunk wasn't that good. Like, I mean, like, like, dude, like, like, and this is coming from people that, you know, damn well would have trouble jumping over a crack on the sidewalk. Like, <laughs> like. You're not even qualified. Like most of the time, people are not even qualified in the same space to do the thing they're complaining about. And it's one thing to look at some say, hey, you have a preference or it doesn't impress you. That's cool. But if you're going to be dogging people and overly critiquing their stuff or whatever, when you can't even do one tenth as well of a job as they do, like you need to check yourself in the mirror. Because like we see this stuff everywhere. Hell, you know as well as I do, Brian. Like, hell, we'll talk about this at the end of the show. But like, you get hate for just doing the smallest thing in a video. Like you make a wrong play in a game or something. Absolutely. You know, hell, I get that all the time. I don't believe you didn't do that. Why didn't you attack? Even if you win the game still. Right. Like people like, well, I would have done this. The way you did it was bad because of like, I don't care. It's not like I'm going to go back and record the whole damn video. It's already up. Like, give us the benefit of your pro tour knowledge since you never make any mistakes. By all means, tell us, you know, well, where's your YouTube channel, as I often say? (laughs) For real. Like, where's your effort? Because I literally been putting out hell in the last 72 hours. I think I've had seven pieces of content go up. So, yes, there's going to be an error or two here or there, especially since some of those I'm editing, recording, whatever, at like one, two in the morning. To make sure it's out on time the next day. We all again, we all make errors during between, you know, you and I and the, and the normal person is it because we create content, thousands of people see ours. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's the same thing. Like when you're watching people on TV, especially during live performances or live sports, or you know, somebody's microphone cuts out or they stumble going up and down some stairs or whatever. It's like, dude, they're humans. Like things are gonna happen. Like that's that's what you're watching for is there's going to be imperfections. If you didn't want imperfections, just go watch their music video or go listen to an album or whatever. Like you're getting the live experience. That's going to happen. But we gotta we just gotta stop. Like trying to hold people to perfection is just dumb. It's not real. Like it doesn't make any sense. And even more so. I would say most, not most, but a very large percentage of the people who are doing the complaining, they're probably just negative in their own life because they got a bunch of stuff going wrong they don't know how to fix. And they're just projecting it onto other people. So, like, get your own house in order first if you're going to go throwing stones at somebody else. All right, I'm done. We're going to roll this over to you, buddy. I'll probably have to unmute my mic, but uh, Corey X. Kenshin, a YouTuber known for, he does a lot of stuff. He's probably best known for some of his horror game playthroughs, and he did a playthrough of uh, the, the Mortuary System. You've probably seen this on 
so many YouTube channels at this point, kind of apparently a very scary kind of game. But one of his uh, videos on that got a, hey, you know, over 18 kids shouldn't watch this warning. It's okay. So he's going back trying to figure out exactly what he did wrong and what have you. And he looks, he's get, he sees lots of other numerous other videos that have the exact same footage, but don't have the same content warning. So he's just trying to figure out, oh, okay, exactly what I don't, I, now I really don't understand what I did wrong. So he mentions to, to YouTube, like, hey, Fred, I think the person whose clip he sent in was, hey, you know, Markiplier has the same thing. Like, where did I go wrong here? And I guess after some talking, they decided, oh, wait, you know what? We're going to put a mark on both channels. Like, no, wait, that's really not even the result we were going for. It's just somewhere in the process, YouTube messed up. We, we don't know where, and I guess they have no interest in telling us where, but just the fact that apparently the only person that got flagged for this happens to be a content creator of color is just a very bad look for YouTube. And he said that, you know, a lot of times, like, he's he's gotten a couple of, I guess, strikes or, or I don't know, uh, complaints or whatever before. And he said I mean, the crazy thing is it usually happens, like, right as he's, because you may know if you watch Chris, because he, he takes, you know, some rather long breaks. It's kind of become a meme in his community, which, by all means, content creators should take breaks. But the thing he's noticed is it always seems to be right as he comes back and begins trending is when, oh, yeah, here's a strike on some video from 2018. Like, wait, what? But he says he never gets strikes while he's not actively creating content. So just a lot of it, I think, is probably just the lack of transparency from YouTube on exactly why they're doing what they're doing. And that's something that that's when a lot of content creators have jumped in and said, yeah, it's just, it's kind of the wild west. We really don't know a lot of times why we're getting getting violations on our videos. And then even after you've talked to YouTube, you still don't know what you did wrong, which makes it almost impossible to avoid doing it again. Yeah. And and I feel like it, this relates, I feel like, to other platforms that we've talked about before, where there's probably people isolating folks and doing a lot of reporting. And that sucks. Because I think there's several communities where it's very easy to round up people to go after someone, right? Like you'll never, <laughs> yeah, you'll never be able to take down like a MKBHD, right? Like he's just so big and so ubiquitous, and like he already has a relationship with everybody at YouTube, whatever. Like, so you, you're not going to get him, but you can get like the next tier down and do some damage, and that might be what this was, you know, which I, is yeah, strong possibility. Which is terrible, but like I said, we've seen it on Instagram, we've seen it on Facebook, we've seen it on TikTok. Like, it's a thing, and I don't know if there's a good way to deal with it other than like constantly reviewing things all day, you know, and just. But it sucks because you also get caught in a trap as one of the platforms. Is if something's getting a lot of reports, you almost want to like shut it down immediately, then review it. You know what I mean? Because you don't want to leave it up too long until a human has a time to look at it. Or you actually so, obviously don't want to harm kids. You don't want them to see things yeah. that maybe they should not be seeing. So we were not saying that there shouldn't be guardrails for that. We're just asking for, I guess, some transparency and some consistency. Yeah, 
I don't I don't know, but I hope they get it worked out because it's not something that people need to be worried about as a creator. Like you should just be like, cool, stuff's clean. There's no ill intention here. Let's move forward. Right. Yeah. And and unfortunately, that's kind of the case, even in real life for certain laws and rules or whatever. It's just like. I get why they're there, but we also need to be able to be smart enough to look at stuff and go like, yeah, but that's not what the violation is we're concerned about. Right. It's kind of like. And this is kind of a, a big sidetrack here, but, you know, when you talk about something like having to register as a sex offender, like if you look at all the things that fall under there, there are some very egregious things where you've, you know, you've assaulted somebody or whatever, you know, sexually like that. You should be on the list. But then there's others where like somebody could just come up on you taking a leak in the woods and, you know, you were exposing in public or whatever. And it's like, that's not the same thing you know i'm like i'm not trying to lock somebody up or get somebody you know marked for life over you know what i mean like these are not the same things and i feel like the same thing happens on social media where like all right this all gets reported the same or like you know we put this here so kids won't see this but it's like yeah but things change and this isn't really a thing that falls in that same category but unfortunately the companies also have to protect themselves you know because all it takes is one silly parent that wants to go ham on them. And then you're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars defending yourself from nothing, you know, or settling out of court. Yeah. One or the other. So it's tough, man. I think you're right though. It sucks that there's not more transparency, but I, I don't know what the real solution is, like how much they even want to tell you. Cause I think YouTube lives a lot in the space of people can't game the system if they don't know certain things. Yeah, they're definitely yeah. you know, safe price and truth to that. And I get it because we're gamers. I ain't gonna lie. Like we'd find a way to try to game it. Like if we if we knew, I know people keep saying like, I wish I knew. It's like, no, you don't because everybody, somebody else would know more than you. Like whatever you think you would find out that would help you, there would be people that would know more and they'd have the resources to manipulate it more. So it would still be more difficult for you. So like, I get it. And I, I would love to know more too, trust me. But yeah, this this is a tough one. I hope they get it worked out, though, because it seems like everybody involved was truly trying to just generally have fun, play the game, make videos like nobody really seemed like they were doing anything untoward anybody. So I hope it gets shaken out for sure. But all that being said, it's that time of the week, Brian. So why don't we tell everybody what it is we learned? Because I think we're both going to have some interesting things here. Yeah, uh, just look. I was looking at some uh, History Channel type stuff, and it turns out that apparently during the Civil War, they said about six hundred and twenty thousand recorded military deaths occurred, and they they believe that about two thirds of those were actually from disease, not from you know gunfire or anything that anything you would think would be war related. It was things like you know crowded conditions, poor hygiene, a, a lack of. For, for example, a lot of times when they would dig a latrine, they, you know, you had people who didn't really have any kind of experience doing that. And they would, the water would run downstream into the water that would eventually become somebody's drinking water. Just all sorts of things like that happening, causing numerous diseases to run rampant. And just, yeah. you, would, you would think, hopefully, 
we had learned from things like that. But then you look around and, yeah, people still don't want to get vaccinated. People still don't want to wear masks to stop the spread of disease. Think about it, though. Like, those dudes were out in the field for, like, months at a time. Exactly. And medical, I mean, health medicine as a whole wasn't great, you know, at that period. So, like, yeah, it kind of makes sense, right? Like, if you if you caught something, I mean, I don't even know how close reasonable medicine would be for somebody. Right, you figure you got one doctor for probably a whole battalion of guys. Yeah. If you're lucky, you got one or two doctors and some nurses. Yeah, because I'm sitting here thinking, like, what if you even just got cut or whatever on an exercise or whatever yeah. that got infected? Like, you know, and yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of things that could have got you. There's even a couple of cases where, you know, presidents got shot and it wasn't the assassin that killed them. It was the doctors poking around trying to get the bullet out. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean... Yeah, I could I could totally see that being a real stat. Like that makes sense. I mean, because it's kind of kind of wild, really, when you really think about it, of just how many things happen to a person in just day to day life, right? Like I said, like you just cut your hand working right. on something or whatever, right? All right, you can go get some alcohol or iodine or hell hydrogen peroxide or whatever, right? And get it cleaned out, get it bandaged up, and go on about your day. But if you don't have great supplies available and you definitely don't have that medicine handily available. Like, what are you doing? Taking some whiskey you got on you and trying to clean a wound? Much. You know, I mean like, yeah, that's, that's a good wild. bleeding with leeches to cast the devil out of you. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you, and, and how much is available? How many resources do you have? Or, you know, I don't know. Yeah. And like you're saying, you are living in close quarters with other people. So if somebody's sick, it's going to spread super fast. Like, Yeah. Because when, when people, you know, when people talk about, oh, what era would you like to time travel to? And then obviously being black, we don't want to go to business. It's not just, you know, the racism. It's the hygiene. I, I never, the past, no. I don't want to go to the past any more than, you know, but not just that. five or ten years, really. But even some, you know, mumps, measles, you know, or all that stuff that we just don't worry about because we have vaccines and stuff. Right? Like, that was still a thing you could get just because polio all that kind of stuff yeah you know? polio was still a thing so just a time travel I, I really want the future <laughs> if we get time travel yeah that's that's a pretty good fact dude not not a thing i think we think about very much but when you say it and you start logicking it out it's like oh yeah i could see how a bunch of people died just randomly i mean because else society people were still i mean you yeah. know we lived to be 70 or 80 now but back then if you made it to like 65 you were balling right. you know what i mean like so I get it. I get it. That makes sense. You know, so here's the thing. We told that story, I guess this would have been about three or four months ago, about the elephant that uh, made a hashtag out of a woman and then uh, decided it was going to go to her village when they were doing her wake or whatever and remind everybody who did the job. Well, uh, as it turns out, we just need to quit effing with elephants, man. Because there was another elephant who uh I won't even say went rogue. I'm gonna say got tired of people's crap. Because <laughs> remember, okay, this other lady, we never really figured out why the elephant came for her, right? Like we know it's something personal, but we don't know what it was. This dude, we know. So it turns out this elephant, uh, and I wish I remember where this was. I read the story just a couple days ago. But this elephant was being, I guess it was a work elephant or part of a crew of a couple of elephants 
that, you know, they were working them hard, you know, whipping them or whatever. They were having them like moving logs and stuff. And at some point, the elephant just decided, like, I got you outdone, man. Like, I, why do I, I don't have to take your crap. I weigh like 5,000 pounds more than you. Like, whatever. So uh, he apparently gored the dude with the tusk, just laid oh. him out. And then, and this is the this is the baller elephant part, stood over the body so ain't nobody going to come get him. Like, well, no. <laughs> just went like, nope, we're going to make sure this dude ain't making it. And I'm like, yeah, this elephant knew. Like, it knew. <laughs> like, And they eventually had to put it down. I think they said they tranquilized it from, you know, several hundred feet away or whatever. But... Yeah, like I, we got to stop messing with with wild, wildlife, man. And animals ain't taking our crap no more. Like you can't take an animal that's literally, God. I mean, me to an elephant was that fifty times outweighed, right? You and know? they're also as we talk, incredibly smart. Not just you know, it's yeah. not a stereotype of oh, it's a big animal, but it's a dumb animal. No. Oh no, that's why I told people. I said when that elephant got like that elephant, you could tell had probably like. All right, I'm gonna put up with this for a while, but sooner or later it's gonna be that day, and that was the day. Uh, man, I mean, just a man just turned around, gored the dude. People freaked out, and then literally pushed him off and stood over him, so nobody could even get to him and attend to him. And I'm like, that elephant knew. <laughs> it was sending a message to everybody else, like we are done. So I'm like, yeah. We got we got to chill, man. And I've seen it with other animals too coming up, but like elephants in particular because they could do the most damage. But yeah, like we we ran the joint for a little while. We got to get our hack right because wildlife are starting to say like, nah, we're we're stronger, we're faster, we could bite harder. Like, why are we putting up with this? Like we we might have messed up. <laughs> but all right, man. With that out of the way. Let's get into our uh, weekly topics here. Now, I don't know if you saw, but this was really interesting. As part of the promotion for Dominary United, the next Magic the Gathering set, Wizards of the Coast took out an actual obituary for a character that died in the story. So That's actually pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, so if you go to the Seattle Times, I believe it was like two weeks ago, there was a story in there a memorial for for Jaya Ballard. And, you know, and it was even done in flavor of just like the fiery character of blah, blah, you know, that whole thing. It's it's written poetically or whatever about the character. And it even has like a uh, a picture from one of her cards, like the artwork is in there. So I'm like, so they didn't try to like fake it so like a real person died. But, you know, like, hey, an important character in our story and our history has passed. We want to we want to do a story, which. I felt, I don't know, I felt both ways about it. I was like, it's a little, eh, because, you know, like, this is where people put, like, friends, loved ones, whatever, that died, whatever. But at the same time, it's kind of like, she kind of is for people. It's it's a fake character, but, like, I mean, it kind of goes in the obituaries. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but I don't know. How do you feel about that as a promotion? Like, as a promotion, I think it's, I think it's great, because, I mean, how many people are going to talk about that that would never have mentioned it otherwise? Yeah, and see, that's where I settled on it. I'm kind of like that's what you want from your promotion is that hey, this is going to get coverage in you know in mainstream media. Yeah, okay. And then my other question is like, would you consider that edgy or creative? 
because I don't know, like, because it's on the cusp of edgy, but it's mostly creative, at least the way I felt about it. But I, but I don't know. Because like, It'd be interesting to see. Um, I, I guess I'll go check the Seattle Times here in about a, a week or so and see if there's been a bunch of complaints. Or <laughs> that's true. But I mean, if you think about all the people you know that do the old bit, where like, hey, uh, my dad was horrible, and you know, people don't seem to have a problem with those. So you know. that, that is true. I forgot. I've seen a couple of those that have just like burned somebody yeah, hard. Every and you just to, at least a couple of times a year, you see people do that, and for the most part, people seem to enjoy them. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if that passes, then I guess Jaya's deal has to pass muster. Like, I, if we're going to let the other one go and we're just going to literally, like, trash talk somebody, like, an obituary for a fake character has got to be passable. Okay, that's that's good logic. Now, that wasn't the only thing they did with the promotion. So they tied it into a website as well. So if you went to the website, I believe it actually is just JayaBallard.com. J-A-Y-A-B-A-L-L-A-R-D. But if you go there, it has like the uh, a memoriam and it has like a younger picture and an older picture and it has like the booklet. And, you know, you can click the book and it opens up to another page where you can pay your respects or whatever. Which, by the way, credit to Watsi or whoever put together for understanding memes. You can hit F to leave respects, which is awesome if you understand about anything about Twitch chat. <laughs> but, yeah, you kick a thing and it leaves like a flower on the picture or whatever, which is all cool. And then you find out it's an actual promotion because you click the next thing and it takes you to the new secret layer where one of the things in the super drop is a Jaya Ballard drop. And I was like, all right, you got us, right? Like you, you did the whole thing in the newspaper, you put up the website and people are sad and you, know, you get to leave the flowers and all that stuff. And then like, hey, oh no, yeah, if you want to remember Jaya permanently here, get these cards. <laughs> And I can't be mad at them for it. Like, that's how you should do a promotion. Like, you got people's interests. You got people talking. You set up a website where it was like a almost like a giant distraction in a way. But like playing with your emotions a little bit, you know, even overdoing it with the flowers and all that. And then give you the sales pitch. So like you're already <laughs> all the way in at that point. And it's just like, ah, all right. Those cards gotcha. are kind of cool. Yeah, exactly. That That's how you do it. That's your, and honestly... I don't think as many people have problems with that type of promotion as people would think. I think it's it's immersive, right? Like you, they took you on an adventure, they told you a story, they let you interact with it, and then they offered you something, right? It wasn't just, hey, Jaya died, but we have these cards you can buy in memoriam. You know, like it was like, well, let's show you we care about the thing you care about, so you're interested in buying these cards. And I think that's the narrative. And I, and it sounds like it worked. But it, really to cool. me, if anybody's going to complain about a newspaper running that old bit first, like, have you subscribed to this or any other newspaper in the past 10 years? No. <laughs> then I don't need to hear anything you had to say. That's true, too. That's true, too. Like, some people who probably are going to complain probably would have never read it anyway. The industry is trying to keep the doors open. Yeah. And uh, the miniature rant, but I don't know if people know, while the TV station might pick up on whatever interesting local thing is happening, nine times out of ten, it's the newspaper that actually did the legwork and pointed out, hey, the mayor's a crook, or hey, the water is filthy, insert thing here. Then a TV reporter read about it, and hey, yeah, let's, <laughs> let's talk about that. 
That's a good point. That's a good point. But yeah, if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's a cool promotion. It's a neat website. It's a simple website, but it you know it does exactly what it needs to do. And uh, yeah, credit to whoever put that together at Watsi. It was kind of interesting. But uh, we have some other interesting news from Facebook this week. So for those of you who don't know, Facebook has their regular Facebook stuff. And then kind of below the surface, they have Facebook gaming. And the way Facebook gaming works is basically it's a sub site that you can still access through regular Facebook, but where all the gaming lives, right? So people are streaming games, talking about games. You know, honestly, I've even seen some of the mobile game stuff being shown on there, whatever. And they had a separate app for it, actually, which I only discovered like a year ago. But uh, Facebook gaming had its own app. And it was really cool because if you only were interested in the gaming or the streams or whatever, you never really had to interact with the rest of Facebook. It was just cool. I just want to do all of your gaming things. And that was great. However, a couple days ago, I guess at this point, two days ago at the time of the recording, maybe three, I guess it would have been the beginning of the week. They announced that they are going to be shuttering the Facebook gaming app. Now, that had a bunch of people jump into conclusions that, oh, my God, they're shutting down all the gaming on Facebook. And this is just Mixer all over again. And but like, yeah, uh, every bad take came out like instantly. Not a surprise, though. It's the Internet, right? That's what we get. But they did put out a statement saying they've basically been looking at the numbers for a few weeks or a few months and realized that even with a pretty clean app, everybody's still mostly doing their viewing through the regular Facebook app or on Facebook.com. So they didn't want to pay for the people and the maintenance or whatever when, you know, a small percentage of the people actually using it could just as well be using regular Facebook with along with the other 80, 90% of people that are doing it, which I don't blame them. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's one of those situations where you look at it and go like, yeah, but your Facebook, you could spend the money. You know what I mean? Like, but I also get it from a business perspective. They're just not going to, right. If, if you look at the numbers and say, well, we're getting views on all this stuff, but only like, I don't know, it's a small, it sounded like it was a small number. So we'll say under 25% are actually even coming from your Facebook gaming app. So it's like, if people can just have the regular Facebook app and still get all the same stuff, then does it really matter? You know, do you even need to have it? I've argued that they should just be separate services as a whole, but they obviously don't feel that way. And if you don't, there's no reason for it to have its own app. Now, the only, one thing I did see pointed out, which I don't know is true, is somebody said it was better for mobile gamers to use the Facebook gaming app to stream. And if that's true, that could be a hindrance to that community. I don't know too many people that just stream just mobile games, but I'm sure some number of people do. That could suck. I, but, I mean, again, there were some people who are already doing it on a regular Facebook. I don't know how, because I don't do it, but it's obviously a thing that could be done, so maybe it's not that bad. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, do you, do you think this is one of those things where it's a cost-saving thing? Do you think we're, we're heading down the road of, like, I don't know, of Mixer, where they're saying, like, okay, we're just not going to put money into the gaming side anymore, or I don't know. No, I mean, it sounds like if that's, you know, basically not the way people are consuming the content, obviously, as a tech company, if something gets outdated, you don't want to keep doing it. It's not just, you know, a waste of resources. It's a bad look if you're a tech company and you're behind the curve on something. And Lord knows Facebook has a number of points where they're a little bit behind the curve on things. So they need to keep cutting those to some extent. I've, I've got rants, let me tell you. Uh, but you, but you are right, right? I, I think sometimes we forget that with some of these companies. For as much as we use a service from them, 
they are not that service, right? You're, you know, Facebook really is a tech company, right? They're trying to do stuff in the metaverse, right? They, they own the Oculus Rift and they own hell WhatsApp and, and, or, and, uh, Instagram and, you know, like, so they, they're all about the stuff behind the scenes, the things that make the engines work and, you know, like how can they monetize that? So it makes sense to me that it's going away. It's tough because I don't know if the app, because honestly, I mean, I used Facebook and didn't know Facebook gaming was a thing till last year. Right. So I don't know if it's maybe people just didn't even know it existed because to this day, I don't think I've ever even seen an ad for it to tell people like, oh, hey, if you want to watch this thing, you can do it through Facebook gaming. Like, hey, did you give up a YouTube account or a Facebook account? You can watch this over here on Facebook gaming instead. Right. Which would have been the way to sell it. Just like, hey, I get it. Maybe you're tired of like your grandma's politics on Facebook and you don't want to jack with it. But if you want to still play games, watch games, whatever, you can do it right here on Facebook gaming and you don't have to touch the rest of the app. Right. That's how I would have sold it. Because I think that even now I talk to people who still have Facebook Messenger, but they don't do anything on Facebook. Right. They've basically shut down their Facebook account, but they leave the Facebook Messenger up so they can contact people. So there's still a use for having your services separate which is wild because i used to think that like why do we have a separate app for messenger or whatever you should just be part of the facebook thing but now that i see people using it i'm like oh this was the right move all along because there's people who still like messenger as a service they just don't like facebook so it's kind of interesting i like the stuff you don't really think about till you see a lot of it in action and you start going all right that makes sense all right so yeah, it was just an interesting thing. I, again, I'm with you. I don't think it's necessarily like the beginning of the end. I don't. I don't think there is an end. People aren't just going to like magically stop streaming on on Facebook. Facebook will always be able to sell ads on streams or whatever as long as they exist. So that's money for them. So I don't think they want to shut it down. And truthfully, who knows? They may just be relegated to third place for a while. Right? It's going to be YouTube. It's going to be Twitch. Whatever order you want for those, and then it'll probably just be facebook and maybe they just get happy and content living in third place and there's a lot of money to be made in third place yeah damn right there is i mean like i would take their third place money in a heartbeat no joke so yeah interesting thing though but uh let's talk a little bit about that dominator united we hinted at earlier all right right now one of these times on early access we're gonna have to get you involved because they had a lot of people in this time. And I have to say, one, this was the smoothest rollout of early access they've had this time. Like, they actually pushed the time back. So it used to go live, I think, at like 8 a.m. Pacific. And this time it went live at 10 a.m. Pacific. Which, honestly, if for nothing else, it's easier on the people who have to work it. Right? Because there's Watsi people active all day. You have, I'm sure you have developers. You have IT server folks. You've got all the people in the Discord that are helping direct traffic or whatever, answer questions, you know, your support people. So it makes sense to just let that day start later. So that, I think, played a part in it. It also gave them extra time, right? You can get in in the morning. You can make sure everything's good to go. Servers are live. People are going to get to start logging in, right? Whereas if you just do it right at 8, you haven't had any time to realign stuff, check stuff. If something shows up broken, you can't really do much about it. You're trying to fix it live while there's people trying to log in, you know, so that, I think, helped a lot. Uh, all the communication on the Discord was great. I saw a lot of comments from people that the reason they liked this one more than the last few is that at a full rotation for the format, 
nobody was just walking in with like, okay, I have this pre-built deck. I just shoved like four cards in. Or like everybody was trying new things, playing with new cards. Win or lose, people were having fun building new things. And I think that, to me, is going to be one of the biggest selling points for Wizards on this set. Is that your fans and your viewers of these creators got to see all the different cards doing different things. right? Whereas on a normal early access, it's like, well, it's still the same like five to ten big decks just squeezing in new cards. right? We're not seeing that many new things. So, like, that's a huge selling point for the set, I think, that's going to go very, very, very far for them. And I think that's good because the other side of it is, and I was talking about this the other day when it comes to early access, is that because we only had Baldur's Gate Alchemy for the last, like, what, eight, nine weeks, nobody's really spent gold or gems. So if you've been collecting gold or gems since New Capenna, like, even if you just did your dailies and whatever, there's going to be a lot of people that are sitting on like anywhere between 90,000 to as much as 200 gold, maybe more, and maybe a couple thousand gems, which means they don't have to spend any money out of pocket to get enough cards to build two or three decks with uh, Dominary United. Because you, like on a normal cycle, they would have spent half or more of those gold and gems buying whatever the summer set was, but there wasn't a standard set for the summer. So this is likely one of the best things Wizards needed because it's probably going to get more people invigorated. I mean, I've already seen comments on my YouTube video I put up of like, oh, seeing this card played was pretty cool or this worked the way I was hoping and blah, blah, you know. So a lot of that I think is going to drive it. But I don't know, Brian, being on the outside looking in, did you hear anything from the early access stuff? Uh, I did not, but it sounds like people are really hyped about the set. So I mean, that's good. Yeah, it literally checks a lot of boxes. And that's the biggest thing for me. You have... Like stuff for theme decks. If you want to do elves, you want to try goblins, you know, you want to do humans. They have stuff for tokens. They have soldier stuff. So that's all really cool. You got some cards that are like, uh, I guess we would call them plants for the rest of the season, uh, or I guess the rest of the standard this rotation. Because there's stuff that like references artifacts, but there weren't that many in the set. But you know, the next set's very likely to have a lot of artifacts. You know, like that sort of thing. So there's stuff to look forward to. There's lots of cards people are fans of, but don't know how to use yet. There's some build around stuff. So yeah, this is, and I'll tell you, I don't get too excited about sets. I just go like, oh, there's a lot of neat cards, right? And that's what I'm interested in. But this time as a whole, I could see myself trying to build decks with a lot of cards in this set. I mean, most of the rares and or mythics I will probably try to include or build a deck around during the course of the season. This is going to be a good one. This is the type of banger of a set you want where everybody's interested there's stuff for everyone but nothing seems insane right there's no obvious omnath or oko or once upon a time or whatever right like praise baby jesus <laughs> yeah there's a bunch of really good stuff and a bunch of stuff people are excited about but nothing that's just like ah this is just going to dominate the format right everybody's going to play this card or whatever like it's it's really neat so credit to them because i think that goes a, a long way but that's also not the only card game we're going to talk about today. So, Brian, you want to take the lead on this one? Because I think it's, people are going to be a little bit surprised if they haven't seen the story. Yeah, uh, Disney is going to launch a new card game, apparently called uh, Lorcana or Lorcana. I didn't read it, so I don't know how it's pronounced, but uh, they seem... Uh, Seem like they're ready to try to to run with the the big dogs in terms of collectible card gaming. It's going to be done by 
Ravensburger, who actually does their uh, Disney villainous game. There's a Marvel villainous spinoff too. So they've been making some really great games for a long time in terms of board games and card games. So yeah, I'm sure it will be designed well. Obviously, Disney's IPs are you know incredible and have lots of uh, have lots of fans. I mean, it's a very intriguing product for just what we've heard about it so far. Yeah, I you know the thing that got me was because I had people tagging me in a couple of links where they read the story where I guess the announcement was like, Oh, well we're coming out to compete with magic gathering and Pokemon, you know, whatever, which I found it amusing that they did not mention Yu-Gi-Oh was Yu-Gi-Oh to be fair to Yu-Gi-Oh is like a really strong number three, right? Has been for damn near 20 years now or whatever. Konami has to feel slighted as hell. <laughs> like you don't even get a mention, right? And you're a big old company yourself. But, you know, people were like, oh, did you see they're coming for magic or whatever? And I was like, okay, cool. Let me check out this story. Because, I, I, you know, my headspace was like, hey, if Disney wants to come after somebody, they got more dollars than damn near anyone. Right. Like that mouse's pockets are infinite deep. <laughs> so if they want to, I mean, literally, they could spend 50 million to make 30 million and that wouldn't even hurt them at the end of the year. You know, some people might complain about it, but they wouldn't go nowhere. So. I'm reading into this and they immediately go from, okay, we're basically coming for the guys too, but we don't want it to be really competitive and want it to be not really cooperative, but kind of pseudo, but it also needs to have a good collectible component and blah, blah. So it's like, all right, you're not really coming for them, but you're going to, you're going to at least take some market share from the space because there's no way like, Hey, when it comes out, I'm going to assume it's going to at least be, near a top seller if not number one for at least four four to six months yeah i would absolutely see that happening yeah like we'd be foolish to think and it could even be longer but to think that it can't happen like it's like we're saying disney could literally go buy every damn billboard in every major city if they wanted to to talk about their game they could literally pay somebody to go okay i want you to go to the 20 biggest markets and buy all the downtown billboards Right to make sure people know this is coming out and it's a thing, and we want to add that's going to run on every major news network or whatever. Right, they could spend that kind of money to make it happen. It's just a matter of how much they want to put into it, because nothing's out of reach for them. Honestly, hell, they own ABC and ESPN, so like they could just run ads on their own crap if they want to. I mean, like if they really, really wanted to, they could. Now, obviously, they lose the revenue from somebody else advertising on there, but like whatever, they have the outlets. So I think it's a combination of that stuff that says, okay, this can be good. And you're right, right? Ravensburger, those villainous games do sell well. They, those have been top sellers. I don't know if they've been number one, for, but they've definitely been in a lot of stores' top tens for a couple of years now. Yeah, I can't remember ever really playing one of Ravensburger's games and being like, oh, I want my 30 or 40 minutes back. They've done. They've been doing really well. Yeah, so you're, you're talking about Wizards, not Wizards, Disney actually has a partnership with a quality company that they've already established a relationship that they make good stuff. They probably have given them some leeway because obviously they did the villainous stuff and they probably came up with rules. So they probably have some trust built up there and it's a smart move, right? You're working with somebody who's already has trust in the market. Somebody that already sets up at all the game conventions and stuff, right? They, they already know the people. Cause I think that's a mistake. A lot of people make when they jump into different markets for the first time, it's like, Oh, we know we're going to hire like the best designer and we're going to get this. Okay, cool. But what do those people actually know about being in the trenches? 
right? Well, who, what do they know about those partnerships and supplies that need to be for your thing and getting branded stuff to go for your game, right? You need those people. And Ravensburger already takes care of that for Disney. See, that's the same thing Disney did with their video games. For a while, you know, they were trying to run their own gaming studios and they realized, hey, you know what? <laughs> this ain't easy. So now what they do is if they have a property that fits somewhere or, or they do like they did with this card game, like, hey, we're going to find somebody that already makes really good board and card games and we're just going to give them our license, tell them to go wild. Well, yeah, it's the same thing with like, you know, they could have made a battleship game with all the starfighters and stuff, but they worked with WizKids and went like, hey, y'all already make miniatures. Y'all already have a tournament circuit. Y'all already have a website for rankings. Like, y'all want this license for X amount of dollars and then we just get like 5%, right? So Disney gets to make money on the license and then they get money on everything that sells and they don't have to have anything else at risk. You just let it go through the experts and that's another way to keep your brands out in the public name because you have somebody driving it because they're making money off of it. So they want it out there. And so, yeah, the whole thing makes sense. Now, ultimately, what I think the game looks like, no clue. Uh, I tried to find out a little bit because I know somebody who supposedly got to play test some stuff for it, but they weren't talking. So, well, that's what, <laughs> that's yeah. what the NDA is for. Right? I'm just saying, sometimes I get people to talk. You know, yeah. I don't give their names. I don't give too oh, many details. I'm right there with you. So, you know, but unfortunately, <laughs> this time, the only source that I could immediately identify was not giving it up. I didn't press them for it, though. It's kind of like we talked about it. And if they're going to talk, they'll tell me they didn't. I wasn't going to press the issue. I, I do not press for people to break NDAs or anything. If they just openly tell me about it through the course of conversation, I will take the information but I'm never going to prod anybody to try to get anybody in trouble. I just, I just don't believe in it. But yeah, so that's, that's the way, you know, reporters do it. Like we, we, we go off the record. Hey, you better keep that or else I'm never going to tell you anything ever again. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So I think they're, they're hitting all the right spots. I think they're approaching the market the right way. I think the issue is just going to come down to, does it win the market by total sales? Does it win by, people playing it out in stores because I would think almost anything that's Disney on, assuming it's decent, like it's playable, the cards are pretty, you know, whatever is probably just going to sell just on a collectible standpoint. And because, again, dude, they've hired a company that's already done incredible work for them. I don't think I've ever seen a bad review of any of the villainous products. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and I've seen Disney fans, even locally, like that I'll visit the Disney store, like something new comes out. They want to go check it out. Like Disney fans are loyal and and we already know this is a thing that can work because there are a, I would say the overwhelming majority number of people who buy Pokemon cards don't even know the rules on how to play the game. Like you can almost ask any store owner who sells Pokemon, like it's people come in and buy it. They get it for the kids. They go home. They're hell, even the adults. They're just buying cards, getting complete sets, sticking them in a binder and putting them in the closet. They're not even playing the game. So there's money to be made in it just the same. Like even just, if it's just as a collectible, they could still end up being one of the top three players in the market without even having major tournaments, tournament circuits. Hell, maybe not even organized play in stores. Who knows? So, yeah, as much as people want to turn their nose up and go like, nah, Disney's not really going to. I mean, it's Disney, dog. Like they can hire the people. They've got the money. They can make it happen. But, you know, I'm willing to try this game out when it comes out. Oh, me too. It's anything Disney because I'm a fan of 
several of their shows, properties. I DuckTales, probably one of my all-time favorite uh, shows, and you screwed with one of my favorite characters of all time. So, yeah, I'm in. DuckTales was a good one. I was. I think I watched a bit more Rescue Rangers than DuckTales. Have you seen the new Rescue Rangers movie? No, I couldn't bring myself to do it, man. You, if you were a fan of the show, you will really appreciate it. Oh, so it was I, actually good. Okay, I, I think I've seen maybe nine or ten episodes of Rescue because again, I was more of a Ducktales person. But yeah, even just so many great. And again, you as a bigger fan are going to pick up even more than I did. Kids loved it too because there are so many. And again, they obviously weren't even alive when Rescue Rangers was on the first time. But it just has you know. They do so many jokes about different animation styles and things that are, you know, from back then and things that are, that are current now that it's great. You know, the the one that really I always was torn on that I had friends that really loved was Darkwing Duck. Oh, yeah. I'm a huge Darkwing Duck person. Yeah. It was just like, I don't know if it just didn't hit right. I didn't hate it. Don't get me wrong. But I just wasn't like a super fan. But I felt like most of my friends or people I knew were like all in on that show. That makes sense because, I mean, we both know a bunch of comic book geeks and it's basically, you know, yeah. like a Batman parody. And for some reason, it just it didn't quite get there for me, but I still watched it. You know, it was all right. But, yeah, it's just one of those ones that when you said that, I was like, man, I remember everybody I knew was into Darkwing Duck. That was really funny. Yep. And he was on the DuckTales reboot, too. There's rumors there might be a Darkwing Duck type spinoff. So fingers crossed there. And, and boy, if there's ever a Darkwing Duck deck for this Disney game, yeah, all in. Should oh, yeah, take my money, yeah. Disney. They should just do all the major. I'm sure are going to make an appearance. It's just a matter of how do they stagger them so you have stuff for future expansions. Because like you could do like all the core characters. You could do one all around like the ducks. You could do one with like ancillary stuff. Then you could do you could do a, a Marvel one. You could do a Star Wars one. And, you know how core do you want to just be core Disney or do you want to do all the licenses? Like, there's a bunch of avenues for this. Like, and the Lord knows they got enough properties where they never have to. But how much fun would it be to be able to play Darkwing Duck against Darth Vader? Who doesn't want to do oh, that? Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, you could literally, like, off the top of your head, if you really tried, I bet you could come up with, like, 10 possible expansions fairly easy. Right. So that's three, four years worth of content minimum. Like, so if it takes off, like... You're talking about being able to boost their bottom line, a significant number, a couple hundred million at least for the next few years. And I'm going to bet everybody, you know, it has at least one Disney show or property that they like. Because the end that we talk about, they own almost everything. Yeah. Hell, you, you can know, even do like. I don't, I don't like any of Disney stuff. Do you like ESPN? Yeah. All right. <laughs> but, but you can even do stuff using like stills from movies and just do like Disney classics. Yeah. You could do. There's there's a whole pile of stuff, man. The Disney Disney vaults are deep. Like Disney has bought. People don't even realize Disney has bought a lot of things over the last like forty years. Like. I forgot about all the Fox stuff they have. I mean, your Simpsons card game, which I don't know how that hadn't ever happened already. Yeah. I feel like I feel like there was a Simpsons card game at one point, wasn't there? I think they made Simpsons cards, but I don't think it was an actual game. Okay. I'll have to go back and look, but I don't think there was an actual, like, official, official trading card game. But yeah, I'd be all about it. A Simpsons set would be great. Not like Bart Adventure Man. Time. Adventure Time had a card game in the show that became a real card game that depicted people from adventure time so it was it like went full inception <laughs> but all right that kind of brings us to our last segment of the day and this is something we hinted at at the top of the show 
and mostly what I'm going to talk about is how do you deal with people coming up to you and your creative efforts if they're still amped up from going to the haters ball? You know, they just come in. They just want to be mad about stuff. They want to spit racial things at you or whatever. Because, you know, because this and I've talked about before, I do some consulting for people if they're trying to, like, figure out social media or get their YouTube going or whatever. And multiple times in the last month, I've had people say, like, well, I sort of want to do this, but I was afraid of somebody saying this. You know, I wanted to use these hashtags on Twitch, but I was afraid of being targeted. Or, you know, I figured if I'm just in this space and I'm the only woman, Asian, black guy, whatever, like, I'm going to get this much hate or whatever. And it's just like having to talk them through it, you know, because, and then don't get me wrong. I think if you are of a minority group, it's going to happen more often. But, you know, I know white creators that get hate as well. I, it's the nature of the beast, unfortunately. And I don't think you can truly, not, and not only just get into content, I would say be in business for yourself or even take a higher leadership position anymore, anywhere, without being prepared for the hate that's going to come. And I wish that wasn't the case, but like, I don't think it's avoidable. I mean, I literally have done things where I'm like, hey, I'm going to do a video to tell people how to save money on Magic. I'm going to do a video telling people how they can get all the codes on Arena or whatever. And I've literally had people just downvote and then trash talk me for sharing the video. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? Like, who who, who hurt you? Did you not get enough hugs? As, as we say, who raised you? <laughs> yeah, for real. I'm like, why? Like, what? You know, so even when you're doing something super positive, people are still just going to have their opinion. And at some point, the way I phrase it is, if it doesn't affect your family, your finances, and they ain't effing you, who cares? I mean, that's it at the end of the day. And I know that's crude, but like, if they're not contributing to you in any way positively in your life, and they are effectively just a faceless person on the internet, at some point, they just don't matter. And that's kind of how you have to treat it. Because, I mean, hell, just last week, Brian, you had people coming for you because you were just talking about the concept of, like, tribalism. It's just, uh, again, making the most simple request. Like, hey, maybe we just shouldn't use the word tribal to describe magic cards anymore. Or really, you know, more most things, honestly, because uh, you just, you know, if, if you all, if y'all drink Starbucks coffee, you're not a tribe. <laughs> that, that's not what that means. <laughs> uh, that's fair. <laughs> cultural appropriation. Though to be fair, when you when you see the pile of like basic white girls, when it's time for pumpkin spice out front, you might think it's a tribe. And a lot of that is, you know, kind of how the not not with a pumpkin spice, but just uh, a lot of you know a lot of influencers kind of use that ter term to describe maybe the people that follow you on social media, the people that consume your content. Is you know that's your tribe. And again, I understand what they were trying to do, but like I, I had to go and do research about you know just some of the negative connotations of the word tribe, like you said, tribal, tribalism, some of these things. And see, and 
as I said, this is a mistake, you know, that I had made a thousand times. I was just trying to let other people know and ah, the venom, you know? Yeah. And admittedly, that is a more in-depth topic, right? And that's going to, uh, you know, get people in their feelings. Yeah, I mean, I get a lot of, you know, yeah. nobody wants to be like, hey, you're calling me a racist. Like, no, that's not what I'm saying. But, you know, if you drop the N-bomb on me, then yeah, I'm calling you racist. And a lot of that happened. Yeah, and that's my point. Right? At the end of the day, that person doesn't even matter. You You hit the hide from channel button <laughs> and you never see that person again. Right. And I get it. The, you you do see the stories where, hell, somebody had SWAT called on their house or whatever while they were streaming or whatever, you know, and those are real dangerous situations. Like, so those are a concern. And I'll be I'm going to be real with you. There was one time that I'm like, you know what, I'm going to make sure that at least the local people I know, because we had a little uh, like neighborhood block party sort of thing was going on and they had like officer. So I made sure I'm like, I'm at least going to make myself known to the local local couple of officers that are hanging out just in case. Like, I know that's terrible, but I'm like, eh, you know, I want them to know I'm like, I'm an all right dude. So if somebody does call and say something stupid one day, they're like that guy, hold on a second, you know? But I mean, I've literally had everything from family threatened to, I think I said last week, like somebody threatened they were going to do something to my business, which I'm insinuating they were threatening to like burn it down or whatever. Like, Stuff just happens. Like people are going to say things. People are going to talk. They're going to be tough. But like, if you let people stop you from your creativity, you're letting the bad guys win. Because that's their whole goal is to either have you not creating or operating whatever it is you're doing, whether that's starting a, a charity or a club or after school program, whatever it is. They're trying to get you to stop that thing and or just completely get out of their space. And if you do, then they won. So you almost have to know that just by doing what you're doing, you're actually winning. It may not feel like it on some days, but you're winning. And just let people hate. The truth is, and and I told you before, we had to train people at Wizards about that. Like, there's some stuff that just doesn't matter. Like, people would literally share with me something somebody posted on, like, Reddit. And I would look at it and be like, nah, we're fine. And they were just stunned that I didn't care. And then the, one of the times it came up, I told them, like, go look at those now, like, a week later. And then nobody even left a comment in four days. Right? Like, so it's just like, some people are just, it's in the moment. They feel like they can say something, get under somebody's skin. You know, they can look funny to their friends, bad-mouthing somebody or whatever. And then the moment passes and it's meaningless. Now, admittedly, they don't understand they're doing mental damage to some people. But you kind of have to be prepared to overcome it. And I have told somebody like, Hey, if this is that mentally stressful for you, you do not need to be here doing this. Right. And whether that means you take, take your time. Maybe that means you, you just step into it, a video every once in a while. Maybe you, you go clear some stuff with your therapy and get right first or whatever. Cool. And it sucks, but you know, you got to be mentally tough. And this, this applies if you're going to run your own business if you're trying to take leader, because I've seen that happen in leadership positions too, where somebody's just like, I don't understand. Like, I, why, why do these employees hate me? Or why is this a thing? Or how come when I go here, like nobody wants to include me in such and such? I'm like, cause you're the, you're the boss now, dog. Right. Right. Like you're the, you're the enemy. You know? Yeah. You're the enemy. They all know you're making more money than them. You get more perks than them. And 
whether they like it or not, they have to do what you say. Like, you, you can try to be a good boss and a nice boss, and you should be, but no matter what you do, because somebody is going to come to work unhappy about their job, you are the bad guy they can point to directly and work with. So you have to be prepared to deal with that. When you run your own business, anything goes wrong, everybody's coming for you. Right? If I had one of my employees overcharge somebody by $2, I'm the guy that's training my people to rip people off. Even though it's obviously not true, that's the perspective. Right? That's what they're going to post on a review on Facebook or Yelp You're or so whatever. Shady, corn. Yeah. Just... Like, that's the thing. That's just the way it is. Right? And you just have to be prepared for that. So it sucks. But yeah, you can't, like, haters are going to hate. I mean, I tell people, and it's, there's, it's a phrase for a reason. And whether we like it or not, if you don't have haters, you're not working hard enough. I mean, and that's it in a nutshell. Because the minute you are working hard enough, the haters start coming out of the woodwork. And it don't matter if it's me or you. Doesn't matter if you're Beyonce. Don't matter if you're the president. Don't matter if you're the head of the the PTA. (laughs) Like, people are going to come for you. That's just the way it is. It sucks. We should be better to each other as humans. But you have to be mentally prepared to go into that, or I would recommend just not doing it or not taking the positions because you will not be happy. I mean, I get it at, I was going to say once a week. Now it's like two or three times a week where I get some posts of just like, uh, hell, I had a dude last week. I don't know if I said this on the show. He literally told me like, well, I just have to turn the volume off when I watch your videos because you talk too much. And I'm like, that's literally my brand. Like, I don't know if you think I'm apologize for that. Like... <laughs> But I'm like, you come around enough that you've watched enough of my videos. So you're still watching them, despite the fact that I talk a lot. But you just felt the need to bitch about it. Bizarre. Yeah, and tell me, well, I gotta turn the volume down when I listen to your stuff because you talk too much. I'm like, that's literally I like Why I'm, wouldn't you just at that point, why aren't you just watching to just gank? Because people upload stuff with no commentary. Exactly. So at that point, why aren't you watching them? I that's so what they're saying is your stuff is really good. I just don't want to hear you talk. <laughs> that's so weird that, that is so weird to me but literally if you ask people that's the whole reason they come to my channel because other than just talking my way through plays and through the games I'll talk about the history of a card or the game or I'll be telling you like oh yeah when I was at Wizards this thing happened or yeah here's a story y'all may not know right that's literally the brand right it's about fun and education and being chill or whatever right that's literally the channel calling but you know I have to ignore those people literally just be like all right, cool. You're just mad I talk a lot. Whatever. Hide that dude from the channel because his comments are never going to matter. Right? And I move on. It's just one of those funny things. And that's a, I want almost daily. I would say three or four times a week. There's at least one comment, you know, in some weird space where I just go like, yeah, all right, you're going to be mad. Hell, one dude, he was mad because I shared pictures or of the thumbnails or whatever when I sent out notices on the, uh, the Facebook posts. Or not Facebook, the YouTube post to remind everybody, hey, like new projects up or hey, you can go do this on Arena. He's like, I just hate when the pictures come up because they take up so much space when I'm scrolling. I wish you would stop doing that. I'm going to have to unsubscribe. I'm like, oh, sorry, dog. It works. And then he was surprised. I didn't like, you know, apologize or whatever. I'm like, hey, it's being done purposely because it works. And honestly, I also know because of the way it works, if he unsubscribes, he's still going to see my videos pop up in his feed because I'm way in his watch history now. But like, whatever. So like, those people are going to exist, man. They just are. And we're not getting around it anytime soon. There's sadly no good answer for that. We just, 
Got to be stronger, got to be better. Just don't let them get to you. Find a good support group among other peers, whether that's other managers at your job, other creators in your space, and at least have people you can commiserate with and people you can relate to. And it's probably going to be the best thing. But Brian, where not everybody they can find you on the socials? All right. I am Brian Sonic on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and our family channel on YouTube is Allen's Ever After. And you can find me just about everywhere at Power Dragon, P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N. And man, there's so much stuff on YouTube going on right now. There's going to be even more. And I will be at PAX West this weekend. If you want to find me, take a picture, grab a drink, whatever, let me know. Otherwise, wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Please take care of yourself and your family and protect from all the junk that's out there. And remember to be awesome and be awesome to each other. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate other patreon.com slash color of magic you can also find us on facebook under color of magic and if you want to follow us along at twitter you can find us there at color of mtg and as always please share the podcast around to your friends your network people you think might enjoy it because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base <laughs>